Next on BYU Sports Nation, the great eight. Eight days away from BYU football season opener, we rank the top eight quarterbacks in BYU history. Moroni Lalupututau is back. Is he ready to rock for next season's season opener? Spencer goes one-on-one with the senior who caught the touchdown pass at Wisconsin on the trick play. Plus, leave no stone unturned. Do you need all BYU depth chart questions answered after today's closed scrimmage? Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. What is good? BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play, back in Studio B. Tuesday, August 20th, wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with a guy who did not get invited to Jeff Judkins' Lake Paltry. I thought that I would. I thought we both would. But apparently the women's basketball team uh, was at Lake Powell. Is at Lake Powell? Still? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, does Juddy have a boat? A houseboat? This is most of the team down there. Uh, Brenna Chase perhaps on her uh, honeymoon. Um, you know, Shayla Gonzalez may be recovering from uh, knee surgery. But She's in Hawaii, so she's doing okay. Yeah, everything seems to be okay there. Lake Powell trip? This is fantastic. Okay, one, does he own a houseboat? Yeah. And two, if he does, it doesn't take a Lake Powell trip in the summer. Like, can we just go whenever? Yeah. Let's not go to Utah Lake, though. Have you seen that thing? No way, no way, man. I wish it was nice. No, this brings up a good point that you've uh, discussed several times. We need a friend with a boat. Oh, I have a friend with a boat. Oh, you've got one now? Oh, yeah. No, I've had one. So why aren't you going to Lake Powell, then? Uh, well, we haven't gone to Lake Powell quite yet. Okay. But, uh, yeah, no, we've gone elsewhere. But you've done the Utah Lake thing? Yeah, I've never been to Lake Powell. Everyone says it's great. I would, okay. Uh, I, wish I, gone, I wish I would have gone when I was uh, single, you know what I'm saying? Friend with the boat, take Jeremy <laughs> to Lake Powell. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Fall camp continues today for BYU football with the last scrimmage before the start of the season. That scrimmage closed to the public, but media availability happens right afterwards. Jerem Jordan will have all of the insider details. BYU TV Sports Facebook page. We anticipate the scrimmage will end sometime around 1 p.m. Mountain, so 3 Eastern, noon Pacific. 1.30. 1.30, correct. Sacramento Kings signed Eric Mika after a successful summer league stint. Mika put up 9.7 rebounds per game in 17 minutes of play. Mika is an ex, uh, exhibit 10 signing, meaning he's, on a, meaning he's on a one-year deal worth the minimum salary. BYU men's basketball take care of business in their second game in Italy, 87-46 over LCC International. From Lithuania, Arizona transfer Alex Barcelo, he told us he was going to put on a show in Italy. Hey, there it was. He had his game. 15 yeah. points is a team high. Colby Lee had a 13. Yoli Childs had a double-double. 12 points and 11 rebounds and 7 assists. BYU has today off. They'll play two more games over the next following days. How about Colby Lee with 13? So perhaps a day off of sorts playing 4 and 5. Load management for TJ Haas and uh, Jake Tulson perhaps. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and in women's soccer news, Michaela Coulihan and Elise Flake, they're the big two, make the top drawer soccer top 100 players list at 43 and 84 respectively. The Cougars leave today for the season opener at Alabama tomorrow. Very exciting. Huge show today. As Jared mentioned off the top, one-on-one with Baroni Lalapututau, who is back at practice, and wide receiver Aleva Hifo, part of that, that core trio of seniors catching the ball in the wide receiver position. Plus, we go between the lines. For now, all rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. 
You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. Today marks the final scrimmage of BYU football fall training camp, and that brings up a question, perhaps a question that is more important than all others. Do we need all of the questions answered for BYU football? Jerem, do you prefer to have all BYU depth chart questions answered after today's closed scrimmage, essentially one week away from Utah? Do I prefer it? Yeah, is it going to happen? No. Uh, we're not going to have all the questions answered regarding BYU football until the season's over. It takes the whole season. Regarding certain positions, yes, it'd be nice today to know who the starting linebacker is, who the free safety is uh, in the secondary with Austin Lee. Is Tyson Williams the main ball carrier, right? Or will it be split with Lopini Katoa? Uh, it'd be fun to know some of those answers. But guess what? BYU's locked it down at practice. Some of the people who have been able to watch the closed practices have not been able to anymore. So it's a really tight situation now as they prepare for Utah. They're keeping it close to the vest. And uh, we'll have more answers when BYU plays Utah. Once upon a time, we interviewed Robert and I. He called us thing one and thing two, which was fun. And Dr. Bob told us that it typically takes about six games to know what you have with the team. Um, regarding questions like I brought up, you could have those answers after the scrimmage today. We'll see. I, I think there are fewer answers available in this fall camp than others because of so many notable people coming off injury. Sure. The BYU hasn't gone full bore with Zane Anderson and Isaiah Kafusi and Kairos Tonga and Zach Wilson right on the throw count and whatnot. BYU's waiting to make sure that they are good for the games because who cares about August? It's all about when the season starts, right? In, in this year's case, August 29th. Now, here's the thing. Does any team in college football have all of their questions answered one week before the first game? Like, any team. I don't know that any team does. It's a ridiculous idea to think that that would be the case. Coaches will love to tell you, yeah, we want all of our position battles figured out at least a week before the game going in. But I I don't even know that BYU is in that position where I think they have a pretty good idea of who they think the ones and the twos are right now. And we'll find out what the depth chart is as they get ready for week number one, when they, whenever they release that official first week depth chart. But there will still be some position battles some in, in the trenches that we don't know about, that there could be a last-second change, like, oh, somebody on the offensive line, maybe uh, Kiefer Longson's looking really good in practice, and somebody gets a little bit banged up. And so that happens after they release the depth chart, and then it comes out and it's different on game day. That like, depth chart is not uh, 100% coach-sanctioned, yeah. by the way, just so far. Why would they release the depth chart? It gives that they're not obligated to do so. I, I, there are certain schools that don't release the depth chart at all. It's helpful for the media and the broadcasters, right? But for the broadcasters, they especially, they don't have to say, you know, who the second string running back is. They don't have to say that. They don't have to say anything. Yeah, and that's why you'll see a lot of Lopini Katoa and Tyson Williams, or you'll see the word or. Zach Wilson will be the clear number one, but the, the two could say Jaron Hall or Baylor Romney or Joe Critchlow. Regardless, we'll make a big deal out of it. Of course we but, will. Like, if BYU put Zach Wilson or Jaron Hall, we'll be like, oh, my gosh. It doesn't matter. Yes, in a perfect world, all coaches want all depth chart concerns figured out a week before yeah. their first I game. I do have a depth chart at home, though. I'll tell you that. Listen, Bennett, you're the starting oldest kid. You got to do okay. this. Tate, you got to do that, right? So in certain walks of life, certainly you need it, right? Yeah. <laughs> With our student employees, we have a depth chart. There's Everyone depth knows chart. who the starters are. Okay. You know what I mean? All right. Topic two. Hit it. Countdown to the youths. 
Oh, I, yeah. I was like, is it away? Are we throwing that in Eight there? Eight days is, away. Yeah, I hesitated there. Nope, nope. All good. Eight days away. It is Steve Young Day. Yeah, Quarterback. Steve Young, man. We continue our countdown with a countdown of lists. Yesterday, we were talking and thought, that, oh, eight days away. Who are the top eight quarterbacks in BYU football history? I've not sweated more about a topic in the history of this show. We're, we're going to give you the top eight quarterbacks in BYU history. <laughs> this is QBU. I just want to reiterate that. This is QBU. And I have a QBU shirt. I totally forgot to wear it today. I kind of know what the college football playoff committee feels like when they're trying to get Oh, no, no, this is harder. No, 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 no. Oh, you think this is harder? No, they have like six teams to deal with. We had like 15 QBs to deal with. Okay? So many talented, good quarterbacks at BYU. Wait, so we'll go through the list, and then we'll read you the list of names that didn't get in. Yeah. Like those considered. It is crazy. Okay, at number eight. There was so much debate on this first one. John Beck. 2006, 11-2, ninth most passing yards in a season, beat Utah in dramatic fashion, probably the second best play in BYU history, became a second-round pick. John Beck's number eight. Ugh. Over 11,000 career passing yards. Yeah, BYU. yeah, and he had great volume because he started games in four different seasons, right? He was the guy the last two years, kind of last two and a half. He was the quarterback was that awesome. got BYU yeah. back on track after three consecutive losing seasons. And a 500 season. They had four non-winning seasons in a row. Yeah. John Beck Man. at number eight. At number seven, a guy who went to his high school, Max Hall. Yeah, absolutely. Mountain View. 32 wins. The winningest quarterback in BYU history, Max Hall, joined the program uh, recently. Beat Utah twice. That matters. Dynamic group of uh, three and four with Dennis Pettos and Kali Harvunga. Still hates Utah. Still so, hates him. He had, he had three 3,000-yard passing seasons. That's incredible. Not everybody on this list had three seasons to be the guy. Max did, and he took full advantage. All three seasons, top 25 finishes, 3,000 passing yards, 10-plus wins. Boom. Like, we hear David Nixon talk about that run between 06 and 08 when BYU didn't lose a home game. Yeah. Hey, so there was John Beck, and then Max Hall was the quarterback for two of those seasons. Yeah, Max was awesome, dude. Power 5 win in his first ever start against Arizona. Beat a top 5 team, right? Was BYU ever unranked? When Max Hall was the quarterback. Just the start of 07, maybe. It's crazy. When BYU lost a lot, and so it's like, how good are they? And then BYU starts BYU one and two. in the rankings but, yeah. with Max Hall. Yeah. At number six, Gifford Nielsen. Do we have to say Elder S. Gifford Nielsen? Maybe. This one? Yeah. College Football Hall of Famer. That's enough to be top six, right? All-American in 76. Why? Because he led the nation in passing yards and touchdowns. 3,400 yards and 30 touchdowns. That sounds like a good number, right? Rewind 40 years, right? It, it was a different era. Those were bonkered numbers. Uh, BYU's second bowl game ever, the Tangerine Bowl in 76. It was a big deal. When BYU went to the Fiesta Bowl in 74 with Gary Shiny, who's not in the top eight, and he was good, there were 11 bowls. 11! Now there's like 4,000. I think there's like 40, 41. Yeah. If Gifford Nielsen doesn't break his leg in week four against Oregon State in 1977, he wins the Davey O'Brien Award. He wins yes. the Sammy Baugh Award. He might have won the Maxwell Award for crying out loud. Yeah, he would not have won the Heisman. That was Earl Campbell. Earl Campbell. But he would have been top three. In a wishbone-heavy, run-heavy college football environment was going to win the Heisman. But yeah. Gifford Nielsen would have won every other prominent quarterback award. Sports Illustrated flew to Corvallis to do a cover story on him, and, and uh, he breaks his leg. He was that the guy. It's a Mark Wilson. Yes, yeah, Sports Illustrated flew there because he was the guy that was going to challenge Earl Campbell for the Heisman Trophy. But he finishes top two 
if he doesn't break his leg. He was he was doing unprecedented things. When he broke his leg, there was this feeling over BYU that we're never going to see another great quarterback like that again. Oh, if they only knew, the run had just begun. And oh, my gosh. With that said, we continue our countdown. At number five, Robbie Bosco. The QB who led BYU to its national title. Third in the Heisman voting that year. 66 career touchdowns. He won his first 14 starts. His first 14. That's pretty good. Brandon Doman did that as well, by the way. Not on the list. Including wins over Boston College, Pittsburgh, and Michigan in those 14 starts. Not bad. Uh, fifth in passing yards all time at BYU. Robbie Bosco, man. He was, he was the guy who led BYU to its national title. Robbie Bosco was drafted into the NFL. Third round pick. Played with the Green Bay Packers. And uh, we, we need to preface this. This is at BYU only. Yes. This is at BYU only. We are not including whole career. Because of what they did, in fact, all four of the guys that we have listed thus far have started games in the NFL. How about that? I would hope so. Yeah. At number four, another guy who started plenty of games in the NFL, and the guy who followed Gifford Nielsen, Mark Wilson. 1979 is probably the most underrated team in BYU history. They start the season 11-0. and They lose the bowl game. They miss a field goal that they should have made. Um, but Mark Wilson beat out Jim McMahon for the job the year before in 78. They, they kind of did a two-quarterback thing. It didn't work. Lavelle Edwards later said that was a mistake. In 79, Mark Wilson was the guy. Jim McMahon redshirts. You're the guy that makes Jim McMahon redshirt? Are you kidding me? You were that good. Third in the Heisman voting. First-round pick. Mark Wilson. Yeah, he was awesome. So close to having BYU with an undefeated that season the in 1979. This close, man. At number three. We're into the top three. Celebrating eight days away, it is number eight, Steve Young. Second in the Heisman voting to uh, Rozier, right? In, Mike in Rozier, Nebraska. Mm-hmm. He threw for 3,900 yards, 33 touchdowns in 1983. Perhaps the greatest season in BYU football history. I 84, think, well, we've talked about it. I think it based on who they beat and how they had to beat them. Yeah, 11 wins in a row to end that season. BYU finished seventh in the final AP poll, which... Up to that point was the highest ranking in BYU history at any point. It put BYU on the radar so they could do what they did in 1984. They weren't like an entirely unknown commodity in 1984. Right. But they were, they were out of the polls. They were unranked, the but people knew who they were because of Steve Young. Auburn in 2011, was it, was the first team to go unranked to national champ since BYU in 84. How about and that? And Steve did something against Utah that was significant, which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. The BYU quarterback record holder for touchdown passes against Utah is Steve Young with six. Yep. I assume that was in 83. I never looked, but yeah. Steve Young beat UCLA in the Rose Bowl. I mean, this guy had some big-time wins for BYU. And, of course, his finale against Missouri. The greatest BYU quarterback in the USFL by far. He's still getting no paid doubt. for that. Pretty sure he's still getting a paycheck for that. <laughs> All right, down to the top two. And here's the hey, thing. Hey, this will be debated by everybody. It's Detmer versus McMahon. It's Detmer versus McMahon. At who's one, who's two? Number two, Ty Detmer. Okay, I know both arguments for this, but we came to this conclusion, and, and let's discuss. This is BYU's only Heisman Trophy winner, led NCAA college football history for a long time. 15,000 career passing yards. That was number one for sixteen uh, for thirteen years. His one hundred twenty one touchdowns was number one in NCAA history for sixteen seasons. Okay, wow. so forever, right? Why is he? Why is he number two? We'll get to that in a moment. But Ty, you could argue Ty's the goat here at quarterback. I I totally get if it. If somebody said well, Ty Detmer was number one, I'd be like, okay. Yeah, 
I, okay. We had to go two and one, so we weren't going to go one A and one B. Okay. He owns the greatest win in BYU football history, yes, beating absolutely. Miami, the number one team, who finished number three that year. Be- best stats, best win, you know, amazing. But the number one quarterback in BYU history is Jim McMahon. Jim McMahon. McMahon did what no one will ever do again. He set 75 NCAA records. At one point in 1980, in he had broken 71 NCAA records in a season. 71. First 4,000-yard passer in NCAA history, 47 touchdowns. That didn't include the bowl game, by the way, which they do now. It would have been 5,000 yards and 51 touchdowns. And that was in about three quarters of play generally. It wasn't even four quarters. Okay. 12-1 and that season. 12-1 and that season in 1980, his junior year. Of course, the greatest play in BYU football history in the Miracle Bowl. Top five, five in the Heisman voting not once but twice. He is the greatest quarterback in BYU history, fifth pick. I just don't think we'll see... Anybody like McMahon, do what they did when they did it. Fifth pick overall in the NFL draft, as Jerem just mentioned. He got BYU over the hump of having not won a bowl game. And more than that, they took took down mighty SMU. And then he came back the the next year and BYU beat Washington State. Helped out by a pick six from one Tom Holmo. Yes, and this was the year after 79. You lose Mark Wilson, first rounder. You bring in this redshirt quarterback. Yeah, others considered. Shidey, Sark, Hill, Doman, Carter, Walsh, Federick. Think about that. Gary Scheide, Steve Sarkeesian, Taysom Hill, Brandon Doman, Virgil Carter, John Walsh did is, not get in. It's QBU. There's no school with a greater history of quarterbacks than BYU. Like, this is my favorite topic. It's incredible. We've ever discussed. Incredible. BYU quarterbacks are so good. Our question of the day, not about quarterbacks. It's about the one question you want answered about BYU football as fall camp transitions officially into Utah prep week. Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Daniel Araujo on Facebook answers. Will the players be prepared to play all four quarters of every game? In the past, it was clear that players did not seem prepared to play every play, every quarter of every game. Even in the famous Idaho Potato Bowl, that was clear. I'll take a 42-point second half. I'm not going to complain about the first Now, was that. it that the players weren't ready, or are there other mitigating factors? I mean, because we learned at halftime, the scheme changed, and then all of a sudden, BYU had energy, and they were throwing the ball all over the field. Can't be great for four quarters every day. Take your home experience, for example, right? You just have moments where you struggle in the second quarter, but the overall, the day was good. Like, it happens. It's all good. Coming up, which former BYU athlete went undercover for between the lines at the Cougar kickoff? And my one-on-one with BYU tight end Moroni Laulupututau. He is back. He is practicing. What does he expect to do against Utah? What's his health situation as he goes into game number one? This is BYU Sports Nation. Should have been number one, Spence. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Join us Tuesday, August 27th for the season debut of BYU Football with Kalani Satake at 8.30 Eastern, 5.30 Pacific on the BYU TV app. It's Coach Satake and Austin Lee. Discuss the matchup with Utah. Observe your seat on BYUCougars.com slash Satake Show. Live from Studio B, this is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Alongside Jerem Jordan, I am Spencer Linton. Guess who's back at practice? It's Moroni Laulupututau. Finally. We need to shore up that BYU tight end depth, and we talk about that. Plus, just what was it like to be back with the guys? And everything he went to to get back to this point, and will he play against Utah? One-on-one, BYU Sports Nation All-Access from BYU Football Fall Camp with Moroni Laulupututau. Moroni, 
for all of BYU Sports Nation, let me say this. Welcome back to practice, man. So good to be back, man. Felt like an eternity. It's good to be back. What was uh, the most memorable experience of your first practice back after uh, being out a little while? <laughs> most memorable? I don't know. It's just good to be back with the guys and running around a little bit. I'm not fully practicing yet. I have those few acclimation days, but it's just good to be back out here, man, and not stressed about school. That's done. So, School's taken care of. That's all done. It's cleared. I made it. <laughs> You made it, and now you're trying to make it back on the field. How are you health-wise right now with a little bit of rest that you've had, being back at practice? How close are you to game ready? You know, I don't even know, honestly. And I think it's because we have yet to test fully where I'm at and kind of put everything to the test and put my knee to the test and kind of stress it in that sense. You know, I've been, I've been keeping up with my lifts and conditionings in the mornings and then taking care of school in the afternoons, so... I really don't know, to, uh, to be honest. I don't know where I'm at. What kind of an impact do you expect to make on this team when you are back and healthy and fully implemented? <laughs> Hopefully, you know, I can just add some experience, add some composure and and kind of that consistency of the team. You know, I've, I feel like I've been here for a while, and honestly, I feel more ready mentally and emotionally than I ever have since I've been at BYU. And so I feel like things are slowing down. The game's slowing down for me, and so hopefully my body keeps up and you know do 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 what I want that's going on in my head so I'm excited when you look at a guy like Matt Bushman and just the tight ends group overall we'll, we'll start with Matt but let's let's go down the line of the guys that have impressed you this camp as, as you have been watching waiting to get back in there mm-hmm. no I mean Matt's an elite, an elite athlete and he's an even better dude off the field and so he kind of he's kind of took over that that leadership role for the whole tight ends um, being really the only guy with game experience. I mean, we have a bunch of tight ends, but he's kind of the only one out there kind of showing them the way. And so it's been cool to see all the, the younger guys um, follow him in that sense and and kind of get to that level. Who's the number two behind him until you get back in the fold fully? Number two, I don't know. I mean, it's hard. I, like I said, no, no one's really had that game experience, and I haven't been out here enough to see – kind of who's stepping up, who's not. But, I mean, we got guys, Joe, Carter, Kyle, you know, guys who, who can definitely play for us and, and make plays. Now, I've spoken with a number of your teammates, most recently Alevi Hifa, who mentioned that without question the biggest difference between fall camp last year and this year and under Jeff Grimes and his second year as offense is just the overall feeling and the energy. Yes. Why is that? What What is it that makes it so different? I mean, for these guys especially, this team really hasn't had – a back-to-back year with the same offense, the same staff. Like we haven't had those those off seasons together, and so it's kind of been a, it's been a really really good off season coming off of a season where we already know what we can do and being able to build on top of that. So I think that's that's one of the main reasons is same guys, same coaches, same scheme, and now we're just building on top of that from last year. How will the offense change in terms of a scheme? Because now it appears that BYU has a true gunslinger back there in Zach Wilson. Yeah, you know, I don't, I, the offense will tailor to the to the strengths of of the players, and and that's something really cool about our coaches is they recognize that and they just going to tailor to our strengths. So so we'll see. Scheme wise, we'll see, but I know we're going to be a, a very very good offense. What is Zach like on the field as a leader? Being a young guy, um, I, I don't know. I can't tell you honestly. <laughs> those I, I played the first four games, and that was with Tanner. And then when I got hurt the next game, it was the rest of the way it was Zach. So I honestly haven't had the, the uh, opportunity to step on the field with him. 
But watching film, he, he's very composed. That's one thing I've noticed. Um, very composed, especially for how young he is and um, not that, that much experience. The running backs are an interesting group as well. Opini Katoa returns with an understanding of Jeff Grimes' offense and has kind of a mental advantage compared to the two transfers, Tyson and Emmanuel. But what have you seen from those guys in practice and in and workouts leading up that makes you think that they're going to bolster the running backs group? Yeah, I mean, competition breeds success. And if there's any group that's that's adamant, it's that group. It's the running backs. I mean, you got three amazing running backs. Three running backs where I, I trust every single one of those guys. And I'm happy with every single one of those guys. And so it's cool to see them, you know, building up, building each other up and, and making the whole offense better um, because they're just also such talented guys. You emerged as a really good run blocker. We knew you were a good pass catcher because of what we saw you do in your earlier years at BYU, but really kind of stepped it up in those first four games last year. So where do you expect to make the bigger impact in the pass game when you get back or, or blocking for those running backs? I mean, my, my goal since since I changed position to tight end is just just be good at both. Don't focus on one and, and, and I don't know, make an excuse for the other. In my mind, it's you got to be good at both, and that's what the coaches have told me since day one. And so in my mind, it's 50-50. You put as much time as you do in the pass game as you do in the run game, and I take pride in my blocking and also, you know, running routes. That's, that's fun. I mean, so that it's easy to do that. But, yeah, I don't know, I, I, 50-50 for me. When I say Utah a week from Thursday, what goes through your mind? Oh, excitement, man, excitement. I get, I get giddy. I feel like a little kid again, like playing football. Um, it's exciting. This game is exciting, and I've been playing for a while, but it's, it's just as exciting as it was day one, honestly. Running out of the tunnel that first game, knowing that it's Utah for the first time in the rivalry history, what kind of atmosphere have you envisioned in your mind when you kick off the season a week from Thursday night? I mean, it's going to be hostile, and that's what you expect, and that's what I like. You know, we've played in – this team's played in some big games. Um, personally, I've played in some big games. So once I step on the field, everything, all the pre- preparation's done. It's just go out and have fun and play and, and don't stress. So, What's the number one priority or maybe concern that you have remaining before game number one? Uh, I'd say just the details, the discipline, um, dialing it in. I think everybody knows – what they're doing but we gotta we gotta be a lead at it at it and so I know especially me getting back in the groove I mean offense like our coaches said is a moving living breathing organism and so you gotta be you gotta be right there with it and everybody has to be right there with it doing exactly what they need to be or it can change the whole outcome of the game so we've heard a lot about Utah's defense and for good reason that said this is an offense that put up 27 points against Utah last year so how does the BYU offense match up from what you can tell on film against the Utah defense to open up this season? Um, I really don't focus about them too much, honestly. I haven't, I haven't thought too much about them. It's just and that's how you get better. As soon as you start worrying about what other people are doing and comparing, that's when you get passed up. So we're just focused and we're, we're not, no distractions here. So. Okay, before I let you go, walk us through your progression. You're in the acclimation period, so when will you put on pads for the first time and all of that? Uh, should be Wednesday. So today, tomorrow, just helmets. Um, Wednesday, I should start to be able to put on the pads, and hopefully they'll let me get in some reps. So I'm hoping. I feel good. Um, honestly, I, I've i been running around lately with the, the training staff, and it feels good. And so I just got to get that, that confidence back and those reps back. 
there's one guy you could lock pads with or block on the defensive side of the ball right now who's been jibber-jabbering at you for a long time. Who, who's it going to be? Jibber-jabbering. No one's been jibber-jabbering at me. <laughs> no one's talking trash to you? Nope, nope. I've been, well, first of all, I've been MIA. I mean, I've been. Good here. point. Yeah, they were out here jibber-jabbering up there, you know, just doing me. So I'm, I'm good to be back. I, I'm, this is my first day back. Yeah. So I'm excited to kind of get back into fall camp. And it's a new, it's a new group of guys every year, and it changes. So I'm excited to see kind of this group and what the feel is of the team. All right, we'll end with this. Um, Jeff Grimes catching a punt uh, film of this surfaced on Instagram. Um, did, did you see this? Were you paying attention when this happened? No, I didn't see that. When was that? This... I don't know if it was today, but you go ask your teammates about Jeff Grimes catching a punt. That that might be the best thing that I've seen all of fall camp. Did he catch it? He caught it. Oh, I'm not surprised. He's competitive. That guy's competitive. <laughs> you can tell. Moroni, welcome back, man. It's great to talk to you. Thanks. It's good to be back. Moroni Lalupututau, back with BYU football. He had to take a six-hour physics test earlier that day before I interviewed him to get everything taken care of. Six hours? Six hours. Yeah, that's insane. Think he wants to play football? Well, BYU's going to throw him right in, whether he's ready or not. He's got to go. They need him. He's got to go. They need him. Coming up, Spencer Chats with the man responsible for the longest play of 2018, Aleva Hifo. Why is Zach Wilson the butt of many jokes of his receivers off the field? Aleva will talk about that. Plus, between the lines of Cougar kickoff, Algie Brown undercover. This is BYU Sports Nation. Catch all the post-scrimmage reaction today around 3.30 Eastern, 12.30 Pacific on the BYU TV Sports Facebook page. Back on BYU Sports Nation and back with a second look at today's headlines. BYU football training camp wraps up today with the final scrimmage of August. The scrimmage is again closed to the public, but media availability will take place afterward at approximately 3.30 p.m. Eastern, 12.30 p.m. Pacific. Utah prep set for next week. Sacramento Kings signed Eric Mika after a successful summer league stint. He put up 9.7 boards in 17 minutes of play. He's an Exhibit 10 signing, meaning he's on a one-year deal worth a minimum salary. Congratulations to Eric. BYU men's basketball dominates game number two on their tour of Italy, 87-46. Brought to you by Oliver. Over LCC International from Lithuania. Arizona transfer Alex Barcelo said he was going to put on a show. He did yesterday. Scores a team-high 15 points. Colby Lee added 13 points. Yoli Childs with a double-double, 12 points, 11 rebounds, and 7 assists. BYU has today off and will play the final two games of their Euro trip on Thursday and Friday. And in women's soccer news, Michaela Coulihan and Elise Flake make the top drawer 100 Top 100 players list at 43 and 84, respectively. The Cougars leave today to play at Alabama in the season opener tomorrow night. The annual Cougar kickoff held last week once again presented BYU fans with a shot at autographs and selfies featuring some of their favorite athletes. It also presented one former football player the same opportunity. Algernon Brown, flowers for Algernon, posed as the biggest BYU fan of them all. But did any of the current BYU players actually recognize him? Let's go between the lines. Let's go. I'm saving it. eBay, here he comes. Inside the five. Brown. Touchdown. Algie Brown graduated in 2016. Update the fans on what you're doing in your life right now. Right now, still chasing the dream. Uh, NFL free agent. Coming out of college, I went to Seattle, and then went to New York with the Jets, and then just last season I was with uh, Kansas City. And you have a new addition to your family, right? I do. What does your family look like right now? So I have two girls. My oldest just turned three, 
And then I have a three-month-old, Rosie and Isabella. I love them. So what do you miss most about BYU football? Mostly just the, just being with the guys. It's a lot of friends. We all have the similar goals and stuff like that. Well, you are going to pose today as the biggest BYU fan there ever was. Uh -huh. So are you ready to, to go school some fools? Oh, yeah, let's go. Okay, let's, let's do it. Dude, what's good? Kevin Baxter, right? Yeah. Dude, huge fan, man. Selfie, please. All right. Say something to the people. Uh, go Cougars. How, How you, you doing? I'm good. I don't know who you are, so uh, <laughs> it's good to meet you for the first time. <laughs> what's up? How you doing? Good. How are you? You excited? Of course. I'm excited. I think I'm more excited than you are. Yeah, that's I'm pretty hard. sure I am. No, no, I, I definitely am. Thank you. Yep. Okay. Dude, what's your name? D'Angelo. D'Angelo, dude. <laughs> It's doing? good to meet you, man. Nice to meet you, too. <laughs> oh, my gosh, dude. Biggest fan ever. Shake my hand, Chris. What's yes. Up? What's up? What's yes. up? I love you guys. No, I wish, though. You must be a Kalfusi. Yeah, how'd you know? He looks like uh, all other 30 of them. I could be like Bronson <laughs> or Corbin. <laughs> Micah, dude. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Good. My favorite player. Oh, my gosh. It's another Kalfusi. Can you sign this, please? Yeah, what's your name? My name's Algy. What's your name? Algy? That's interesting. You look familiar. I don't know. Yo, what up? Troy. Algernon. Warner. Can you sign this whole poster for me? Oh, yeah. Dude, who's, your, who's your favorite running back of all time here at BYU? Here at BYU? Yeah. Uh, 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 he took too long. He took too long. Mr. Williams, what's up, man? What's going on? How many yards are you going to have? Uh, I'm not, I'm not sending a limit, man. Not the limit, just going out there. That's the mindset fun. you need. That's yeah. the mindset you need. Kill it this year. I love you. That looks like a long line. Looks like quarterbacks over there. Where's Zach Williams at? Did I say Zach Williams? That's terrible. I'm here with Zach Wilson. Say something to the people, man. This dude uh, back in the day. Uh, you don't know me. Uh, what about you, man? Yeah. Say something to the people. Love you guys. Dude, I'm the biggest BYU fan around here. Can you like sign my arm real quick? Just please sign my arm real quick. Dude, Huge fan. I'm not going to sign your Huge arm fan. right now. Hey, I'm yeah. not moving until you sign my arm. All right then, bro. Get it, please. <laughs> Biggest BYU fan ever. Oh my gosh. I'm digging the hair. Oh, the body. Everything about you. I'm thinking about running through here. Yes! What's up? How are you guys? Algae. Algae, nice to meet you. Yeah, yeah. Go again! What are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? We follow. Hey! 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 I'm going over here. Uh, it was good. I, I like talking to some of the guys. What's uh, one final word for the fans? To support however you can. Support these boys. Support all the teams. Support BYU. I loved it when I was here. So. And support Algie uh, Brown. Support man. me too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All right. Okay. To Lauren McLean. I thought that was, that was really fun. There's not too many people that we could send out there to jump on Kairos Tonga, or say, "Where's Zach Williams?" Oh, so good. <laughs> Algie was great. He was great. That was awesome. It was really funny. So, obviously, some of his former teammates, when they're freshmen or whatever, knew Algie. Yes. Right? And Algie yes. was the leading rusher in, what, 2015, 15. right? When Jamal Williams was uh, a red shirt, I guess, um, and out of school. 
But the guys that don't know, Emmanuel Sewell, who's your favorite running back all time here? Uh, he, like, he doesn't know. Uh, it's no, all good. Too long. See you later. Tyson Williams. Nice answer, by the way. I'm not going to set a I'm limit. not setting a limit. Ooh, how about that? Yeah. I like that. I love that was the mentality. Funny. Yeah. That was our, great. Our question of the day. What is the one question you want answered about BYU football's fall camp transitions to Utah Prep Week? Maybe it's about the running backs, Emmanuel Asupa, mm. Tyson Williams, and Lopini Katoa. At Chase Cole Answers on Facebook, which wide receiver is going to be BYU's go-to guy that consistently get open? Who would you say if you had to pick one? Talon Shumway. Well, because it's a wide receiver, right? Yeah. Because there's this, this precedent that is developing in camp of just throw it up to Talon. Like he's he. Well, we heard the from Zach Wilson in a mic'd up segment. Throw it up. When in doubt, just throw it throw up. Throw it up to Talon Shumway. Yeah, I, I would say talent Shumway, Aleva Hefel, or Gunnar Romney. I think Gunnar Romney is going to be a uh, big time receiver. I feel the same way about Matt Bushman, and Zane Anderson has Matt said Matt Bushman's the answer. I can be in perfect like, coverage, yeah. and they'll throw it up, and he'll somehow still catch it. Yeah, like, it's just what he does. Perfect coverage, perfect throw. Yeah, beats that. Coming up, what two BYU athletes were named to the top one hundred in the NCAA in their sport? Plus, a little more than one week away from BYU-Utah, I go one-on-one with Aleva Hifo, speaking of one of those sure-handed receivers, man responsible for last season's biggest play. What's the deal with him giving Zach Wilson such a hard time off the field? This is BYU Sports Nation. Between the Lines is presented by Tim Daly Ford and the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tune in Monday for the season debut of Coordinator's Corner on BYU TV. Find out what the coordinators Ed Lamb, Elias Tuiaki, and Jeff Grimes have to say about fall camp and what to expect against Utah. Coordinator's Corner airs Mondays, 1 Eastern, 10 Pacific on BYU TV. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation with our question of the day. What's the one question you want answered as BYU football ramps up? ramps up things for Utah, and they finish out the official portion of training camp. Hashtag BYUS and to join that conversation. Unlimited wishes. That's what I... Oh, never mind. Okay. Our last answer featured wide receivers, and who's going to be the go-to guy? Maybe it's Aleva Hifo. Perhaps. He is a senior, along with Talon Shumway and Micah Simon, Dax Milne, and Gunnar Romney have kind of solidified those top five wide receiver positions. Hill in the mix, yeah. Yeah, Braden Cosper is another guy that... Uh, Cosper, could... it's been a quiet camp. Sure, yeah. sure. Yeah. So is it the wide receivers that has the biggest question marks surrounding them? Alevi Hippo will address that, plus his relationship with Zach Wilson on and off the field. One-on-one BYU Sports Nation All-Access with Alevi Hippo. Alevi, first things first. Essentially three weeks into fall camp, What's the best thing you've seen from BYU football in the first three weeks? The best thing is energy, and uh, one of the best things that's that I've seen off of the practice and off and not on the field is team chemistry. Something that we've been able to focus on this this fall camp is the brotherhood and, and actually trying to emphasize being a family rather than just having it as a team break. What made you notice that the energy was up? What what was the giveaway on that? Well, it goes back it goes back and forth. Um, usually our defense just kicks our butt every single day, but it's been good for the offense to be able to compete and having screams and hoorahs kind of thing from both sidelines, having coaches run off up and down the field when, when plays are made. So that's kind of the energy I would like to see. Speaking of screams and hoorahs, I saw a video surface today on Instagram of Jeff Grimes catching a punt 
above his head. Um, can you confirm that this is not doctored video and that actually happened? Oh, yeah, and it, it was not scripted at all. He didn't know it was coming, so it was good for him to react and just go out there and make a play. Uh, we thought he was going to drop it because he misjudged the ball, kind of tailed on him a little bit, but we can tell he still has a little bit of athleticism because he was able to reach over his head, and we thought he was going to hurt himself, so it was good that he caught it. <laughs> what does it do for you when you see your offensive coordinator of all people go out and do that in front of the team? Oh, it pumps us up. A guy his, a guy at his age, a guy who... We, he's, he's, he's old. Uh, he, he can't move as well as he used to. So a guy for to make a play on a ball like that, punts are very hard to catch. So him to, to be able to catch it, it was very funny. How have things changed under him from year one to year two in terms of scheme and philosophy and what you want to accomplish specifically as an offense? I feel like he's been able to, been able to establish more of his offense and being able to go with plays and stick with plays and be able to run them from different variations. And something that helps with our offense is it makes us confident because we know what he's going to run. And we, we, have an, we have an understanding of, of the offense that he's going to establish in us, and it, it helps us to play faster when we know our assignments. Your wide receivers coach, Fessy Sataki, told me that he's – Getting what he expected out of the core five, the three seniors, yourself, Micah Simon, Talon Shumway, and then throw in Gunnar Romney and Dax Millen, who are a little bit younger. But then he mentioned Keanu Hill and said he's kind of been a surprise this camp. Um, in your mind, who's been the surprise wide receiver out of the group, whether it's one of you core five or maybe it's Keanu? Yeah, I knew Keanu was going to be good from when he came in. He's someone that played very high-level high football in high school. But the two guys that have surprised me and, and really worked their way to where they are now is Braden Cosper and Tevita Ika. And so those are two guys that are expected to see some time this year, and those guys are expected to um, to get a role this year as well. And it's good for us as the returning, returning players because they push us and they make us better. So it's good for the whole group in general. When I say Utah a week from Thursday, what goes through your mind? I'm excited. Um, when I when I, when it goes what goes through my mind is the the stadium atmosphere. Um, seeing all the red on the opposing side, um, all the adrenaline rushing, the heartbeat, and and everyone knows that when we step on the field, it's a whole different environment. It's exciting to think about that. It's, in, it's just in ten days, nine days now. If you can't today is over. Wide receiver Aleva Hifo with us on BYU Sports Nation. What does this team need to shore up over the next? a little bit more than a week before game day. What, what's what's one thing you really feel like you need to get better at in time for the game? Uh, we need to make sure that we're consistent. Uh, we cannot make any mistakes going to this game. And we need to make sure that we're finishing through all the plays and making sure we're finishing through all periods in practice and every play in general, making sure that we're emphasizing a finish. Um, we all know how that game ended last year, and we want to make sure that we're going to emphasize finish not only for this first game but the whole, whole rest of the season. So that's one thing we need to finish is consistency, consistency and finish. From what you can see on film, how is Utah's defense last year different compared to what they're going to put on the field this year? They're not much different. Um, they have the same. About they have a lot of returning starters. Um, they lost two linebackers, but they're able to fill those with Francis Bernard and and, and another guy named Lloyd. But um, otherwise, that they're still a very good defense all around. They have very experienced secondary. They have a good linebacker core and a very good D line. So that's something that we have to look forward to. Is that we need to make sure that we match their intensity. How do you match their intensity? What does that mean? Explain the specifics of that. It, it kind of goes down to a one-on-one thing. We need to make sure that we're beating the guy over us. Um, we're, we're, in order for us to succeed as a whole offense, we need to make sure that we're doing our 111 and making sure that whoever is over us, that we're making sure that we're doing our job and handling our one-on-ones. Is your nickname still a levitate, or has it changed to something else? It still comes out sometimes. I haven't heard it as much, but as some people still call it. They, they say it more as a joke now than the actual meaning, but... Uh, because the person who came up with it was Squally, so he left. So there's no one really to hold it down anymore. But it's, it still goes around sometimes. My girlfriend even called me. It just She thinks she's funny, so it's funny. Okay, it'll stay with the levitate until I hear something different. What's been your favorite moment of fall camp this fall? 
it's always being with the guys. Um, you know, people may not like it. They're here all day. They're spending eight to eight with the with the same faces all day with the same coaches, but that's definitely the part that I enjoy the most is being able to see these guys every day. Um, and and I, I don't complain, complain about it at all. Uh, I, I like seeing these guys, whether it's at practice, in the treatment room, or we're eating dinner together and, and activities that we're having. It's, it's nice getting to know just everyone on the team and not just people that you normally hang out with. How has Zach Wilson progressed as he has started kind of uncertain of what his arm was going to be at the beginning of camp coming through summer to the point he is now? So what kind of progression have you seen? Uh, he surprised a lot of people. He even surprised himself when he first came out on the first day of practice. Um, his, his progression, his treatment, and his rehab is, is, has grown rapidly over fall camp, especially from the offseason until now. He wasn't, he wasn't too sure about it, but after that first day, he, he had all the confidence in the world in his arm, and, and he creates confidence for our receivers as well, knowing that he's going to have the ball in the right place. What's he like as a leader in the pocket, in practice, when you're offense on defense? He's, he's definitely one of our leaders and, and a guy that's well-respected on the field. Off the field, I wouldn't say it much because everyone just kind of looks at him and, and laughs at the things he says. But on the field, I'm glad it's a lot different because he's well-respected and, and we know that he's definitely a leader for this team. Why is it different off the field? Because he's the diva. He knows that. Every, everyone on the team knows he's the diva. He's, he's a drama queen. He's listening to Chris Brown all day. He's fixing his hair. He's ladies' man. You know, this, this is typical stereotype for quarterback. Zach fits them all. So. He's the diva, and he's listening to Chris Brown. Oh, yeah. Okay. You obviously give him a hard time about this. Oh, yeah. I'm not the only one. The linemen give him a hard time. The D-line gives him a hard time. All the, everyone on the receiver core, they give him a hard time because time they understand that he, he is that diva off the field. But it's funny how much he, he switches. He, he has a switch, and when he's on the field, he's not that diva anymore. He's, he's definitely our leader on the field, too. Who is the leader of the wide receivers group? It's definitely uh, there's three seniors in our room, me, Talon, and Mike. We've definitely been able to kind of grow into that, into that, uh, that role as receivers. It's kind of different for me and Talon because we don't talk much. We're more on the quiet side, but being able to to kind of fit into that role and it, it doesn't also help the people that we're we're leading, but also helps ourselves too. A levitate, and I heard someone say if you're in trouble. Not only can you help out, but just throw it up to Talon Shumway. Are you on board for that as well? Oh, yeah. Talon, he's always going to come down with the ball. He, we always make fun of him because he's, he's the old guy in the room. Uh, he's the old guy on the team. Uh, he's been here for a while, but we know that his body has a little more left in him, and he's going to be able to come down with any ball that comes his way. Aleva, thanks for the time, man. Great to talk to you. Hey, thank you. Aleva Hifo. Calling out his diva quarterback. Hey, by the way, Chris Brown's playing in Salt Lake. Friday. Yes, he is. Will Zach Wilson? I, I'm sure be Zach. There? Oh, Zach's going to be at the concert. Come on. The whole Wilson clan is going to be at the concert. Here's the other thing he left out, and he's great at golf. Yeah, because all the quarterbacks are good. It's crazy. it's part of being a quarterback. You yeah. have you have to play golf yeah, to be good at it. Exactly. Coming up, Taylor Cole extends his scoreless appearance streak in the major. And which two BYU athletes crack a top 100 list? This is BYU Sports Nation. Not us. I'll tell you that. Shout out to today's guests, Moroni Laulupututau and Aleva Hifo. We're eight days away from BYU in Utah. Maybe Algie Brown, too? Oh, Algie Brown. Yeah, yeah, he counts yeah. as, he sure. counts sure. as a guest. Shows on demand via the podcast, BYU TV, and BYU Radio app. Let's flip It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. Practice 16 goes down today in the form of a closed scrimmage. Emphasis on closed. Nobody drive down from Idaho to watch it. We'll have interviews afterward on the BYU TV Sports Facebook page around 3.30 Eastern, 12.30 Pacific. Cougars in Pro Hoops. The Sacramento Kings sign Eric Mika. This is not a shock to us because he told us that he was going to be with the Kings. Right. They made it official. Training yeah. camp. But it's official now. After his successful summer league stint, Mika scored 9.7 rebounds a game in 17 minutes of action in the Vegas Summer League. Mika is an Exhibit 10 signing, meaning he's on a one year deal worth the minimum salary. 
basketball. Cougars win their second game in Italy, 87-46 over LCC International from Lithuania. Arizona transfer Alex Barcelo had the team high 15. Kobe Lee added 13. Hilda Childs, three assists short of a triple-double. BYU has the day off uh, in Italy. That sounds fun. Then we'll play two more games the next two days. Soccer. Two BYU Cougars make the top drawer soccer top 100 players oh. list going into the 2019 season. Michaela Coulihan ranked 40-30. Elise Flake at number 84 on that list. Cougars in the major leagues. Taylor Cole of the LA Angels threw a scoreless inning, allowing a hit in a 5-1 win at Texas. He's gone scoreless in four of the last five. Cougars in the minors. Colton Shaver hit a single score to run to give the Corpus Christi Hooks a win over the Arkansas Travelers in double-A ball. That's tough to do. The Travelers are the best double-A team. David Clausen had two hits, two RBIs, and a run in an 11-10 loss for the Orem Owls to the Grand Junction Rockies in rookie advance. Daniel Schneeman had a hit with two runs batted in for the Lake County Captains to beat the West Michigan Whitecaps. Today's rise and shout-outs now. And, Jeremy, I'm giving mine to the receiver core and to the offensive line for giving Zach Wilson a hard time. I got such a kick out of this when I found out they call him the diva quarterback. He's always fixing his hair and listening to Chris Brown. I thought that was hilarious. The kid's 20. He's so young. He is so young, but I love that he still can be teased off the field and that he has a switch that when he goes into that swagger mode on the field, that that happens. But there's, yeah, this is the camaraderie and uh, kind of the brotherhood that Levy Hippo was talking about I really like. And everyone needs to be made fun of. And uh, mine goes out to BYU for still being QBU. This is an incredible place with an amazing history of quarterbacks. We did the top eight quarterbacks in the opening segment, if you missed it. It's just been so fun to watch these guys. Hopefully Zach Wilson enters the top 15 or 20 of that conversation, which would mean he had a heck of a career. Yeah, absolutely. All right, that does it for our Rise and Shoutouts, our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. At Jason DC Ford one on Twitter answers the following question. What one question do you want answered as BYU turns the page to Utah prep week? I just want to know if BYU will beat Utah. That's the one answer. And that's his, what he says is BYU going to beat Utah. That's I didn't even what look. he wants to know. Will BYU for the first time ever beat Utah, Utah state and Boise state all in the same season. Oh my goodness. I have a good feeling about that. If BYU wins all three of those games, they're going to they're going to win at least nine games this they're season. They're going to win the national championship. Oh my gosh! Sorry right. to Dennis Pitta, we ran out of time. Conversation continues twenty four seven on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. For Jerem Jordan, I am Spencer Linton. Shout out to a couple of number eights: Alan Boardman, punter oh, in the nineties. Nice. Yes, and Matt Berry. We'll see you at 3.30 Eastern, 12.30 Pacific for post-practice coverage on BYU TV Sports' Facebook page. Go Cougs!